Welcome to episode 12 of the 2 and 3 show. On this week's episode, I'll give you guys a bit of a background into my life, talk about 2 and 3 growing up, then we read straight into black tags and we have a nice little conversation about black tags, where it stems from and how you should look at your situation. Then after that, we talk brand new music and I give you guys one of the most important lessons at the end of the show. So this time, you really want to stick around till the end. But enjoy and let's be best friends on the 2 and 3 show. Welcome to episode 12 of the 2 and 3 show. Now, episode 12 is special because it's a special number for me. You know, 12. That's the number that I finished high school in grade 12. I don't know if a lot of you guys can relate, but like, you know, we all, I think we all finished in, in grade 12. And what makes it more special for me is like, like I had that swag thing because I'm a 94 baby, right? If you don't know that, now you know. Um, I came up with the apartheid ending, voting thing, you know, my birthday's in March, so like elections are like in April, so like I was kind of in the line, kind of voting myself, like, if you didn't know now you know like i've been voting since 94 like they were letting kids vote in 94 because like gang gang shit you know um so yeah i've been voting anyway um so 2012 was a wild year for me like i was finishing high school i was a full-on young you know the boy had gone to camp already you know what i'm saying um if you know you know uh so yeah it was just it was a wild year responsibility i felt like okay you know i'm a grown-ass man now finished high school i could go work and just like that's me but i had already applied you know for varsities wanted to go to either uct uwc like those are the options i don't really apply anywhere else because i didn't see myself leaving cape town quick break i told myself when i started my podcast that i'm actually gonna give you guys a bit more about my life with every week that goes because as i said and i always say that we're best friends so what do best friends do best friends get to know each other and that's what i'm here for me i'm here for us to be able to get to know each other for us to chat you know and you guys really do respond well you know i've had so many dms because obviously podcasts on like youtube channels we can't talk via comments but the insta dms the twitter dms you know people that have me on whatsapp it's always a good time you know like everyone knows like i appreciate the way you guys keep up because i mean i drop every single week like it's not easy to constantly find time every week to listen to my episode so for those who catch up for those who listen and are up to date should be the world to me i might just fuck around do a giveaway one day you know what i'm saying but this week i'm gonna tell you guys about my 2012 just the end of it because a lot of people don't know this about me um so i finished high school and i was waiting for my results and shit so i was like dude i can't just chill at home like i'm a grown-ass man dog you know like i'm unemployed now you know so i was like nah i want a job like i want a summer job um first place i applied to was vertigo vertigo was like nah you just don't fit the description like you just came back from man camp like you don't look athletic first of all secondly you don't even like you know fit the attire that because we wear shorts and flip-flops like you gotta have that like surfer vibe and i was just not it so i didn't get that which would have been ideal for me because like you know young student just getting into retail 
but like, I really didn't care. So I ended up hitting up my my cousin who had a job, and I'm like, bro. And I remember where Miss Oli is that day, and I was like, bro, I just need a job, bro. I don't care what it is. And he was like, alright, my nigga, cool, I got you. Let me talk to my agency. Like, I was obviously was working through an agency, and sent through my CV. Remember that old school CV, the one with hobbies and shit. So I sent through that one. I was like. I know I'm pangay from like somebody. Somebody's gonna give me a job. Ah, soon enough, like like a week later, lady hits me up. She's like, "Yo, come through to Paro." You know, I'm still like not 100 sure, but oh, I remember they had it on the job description thing. Obviously, the what's this interview thing? And they were like, "Yo, we've got a job for you at Macro." So I'm like, "Damn, Macro." Because you must understand, like I just came from Weinberg, you know, like I got friends in different area codes, hood, suburbs, everywhere. But I'm like, damn, nigga, macro. <sighs> I don't know, but I'm like, do me, dog, just get a job, bro. Like the income is what matters more than anything. Eh, I go there, and remember, look, at that time, there was no influencing. Like there might have been, but it wasn't like the way it is now. Like see now, like. Can literally make a living, like of just promos and influencing and doing that. Back then, it's either nine to five or I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I go for this job interview. I get there. Lady looks at me. It was a white lady. She looks at me, and I can really tell that something's just not clicking. Like she's not, she's not giving me that, you know, like yo. You know, like that that nervousness that where you get when you interview. It's just she's just too calm. We chat for a bit, like a very short while, and then she's like, "Okay," and then she opens my CV, and obviously my CV just has my hobbies and my high school marks, and like my subjects that I did in matric and like up until before finals came out, and she's like, "Yo, like, are you sure you want this job?" Ah, taken aback, and I'm like, "What do you mean? Like, it's a, it's a, like it's a job. Like, I should be asking you if I can get the job, not you asking me if I'm sure I want it. Like, what's happening?" So now I look at it. That should have been my first red flag. She's like, "Huh? Okay. If you really want this job, and I explain to her, nah, I just came out of high school. Like, I'm just, I want like a summer job. Like, until I start law next year." Um, she's like, ah, you gonna study law? Are you really sure? I'm like, hey, just give me the damn job. Not in those words, but I was like, just give me. She's like, I did you hire? Don't worry, just come to Macro. You're gonna be working at the Macro in Archery because it's like around the corner from my house, like ten minute drive. So I'm like, ah, perfect. I don't have to struggle for transport and whatnot. Eh, sharp. I'm not savings. I go. To macro, start new day. I come home and I'm like, guys, I have a job. Mom's proud of me. Grand's proud of me because my family is very like they like independence. So me showing my first sign of independence was like really nice for them. So they're like, okay, if you guys got a job, then you got a job. Sure. Now I get to macro. My first day, I'm like, eh, dog, first job. Like, I'm out here. I'm early as hell. Like. If you know, macro opens at like nine, nine, yeah, opens at nine. The hours were like nine to six. I was like, yo, 
nine to six boy good luck and now i'm just coming from high school so me i don't know like i'm used to school starting at eight finishing at like half past two so like nine to six like hour long break two tea times i'm like oh this is gonna be a mission but hey dog you said you want to be independent like that's what kept me going so i get there first day i'm in my formal shoes uh formal pants woolies boys you know white shirt crispy white shirt huh again see the first sign was the first lady now my spidey senses started tingling when i met the managers and they were like yeah you're gonna have some blisters by the end of the day i was like excuse me what they're like your feet are going to be in pain at the end of the day i was like what y'all mean i mean come on it's just some formal shoes they were like huh okay cool now as i said that's when my spidey senses should have been like boy this might not be the job for you i was like nah nigga i'm strong independent black man trying to help out the family like they needed my help sharp it's actually related to today's conversation this is why i'm even having this combo so sharp eh? i go there first day comes take me around i'm gonna be working in the stationary aisle so i'm like all right cool stationary like i'm a student stationary my shit i know files you know i know some hp pencils some glue you know parker pens i'm gonna do this job guys telling you now i'll skip the boring parts end of the day i got home i took my grand's foot massage thing i literally took some romani creams i took a cup of coffee and i sat in front of the tv and contemplated my future because i knew that was day one of a december and january that's gonna be from hell and boy oh boy when i <sighs> retail and working at supermarkets is not a game like that's why you will never ever see me like talk down even though i normally never but like through my experience i was like i respect how these guys and girls wake up every day and work like this because it's not a game first of all you're not allowed to sit down do you understand working from nine to six without being able to sit down with you literally standing. First thing I did, I got rid of those damn formal shoes. Got myself some rubber soles. Black shoes, some rubber soles. Switched up the pants because they were too formal. Got myself something that's nice and comfortable. Like, when I tell you that you you very quick to don't give to not give a damn about your aesthetic because you're just trying to be comfortable. When I tell you that I used to literally have to drag things from the back of the store... Go fetch those like boxes of papers and all that shit from the back. Bring them to the front. You'd work a, there was two shifts. There was a five day, five days a week and a seven days a week. So there's, you'd have a week where you only work five days, but you wouldn't get the weekend off the way you think you will. So let's say you wouldn't, you'd have Tuesday off and you'd have Saturday off. So then maybe you can be out on the Friday. Now imagine, I'm 18 years old, dude. I'm just trying to live. Everyone's done with high school. I'm 18, I'm legal. And I'm out here working at Macro. Which is not giving me the time of day. And I'm always tired. 
I still rock though. Like, I won't lie. Because the one nice thing about that job was that I was paid weekly. Now, I am not going to even divulge into how much I was earning. But let me put it this way. At this stage of my life, I make the same amount of that money without really trying. Like, and I'm being dead honest with you guys. It's the type of money I make where I'm just like, okay, shop. Not the greatest week, but okay. And at that time, it was like, okay, yo, I can I can do stuff, you know. I can vusa a bottle. I can, you know, be around people, like shop. I can get myself maybe a new shirt, yeah, nah. But it was not enough for a lifestyle. The one thing I wasn't living was a lifestyle. I was just getting by. Anyway, I did that job until Jan. I bumped into many of people who were very confused as to why the hell to me, who used to go to Weinberg Boys and just matriculated, is now working at Macro at the fucking hypermarket or whatever it's called. And he's out here throughout December. I had one of my school teachers, he was coming to buy something there. He was like, damn. But I could see in his face, it's like, I don't understand, but okay. And I met the same teacher the next year. And he was like, at the rugby, because obviously, old boys, go to the rugby, homie's like, oh, I'm sure you're manager now at Macro. I'm like, nah, bitch, I'm studying law now. I'm a law student. He's like, oh, damn. I'm like, yeah, stop thinking down. But hey, point of this whole story is that it was a wild year for me. It taught me a valuable lesson. I finished it in Jan. I told myself I'm never, ever going back. No matter what happens, I'm going to never, ever go back. Um, I used to tell them all the time, I'm grateful for this opportunity because it really pushed me to get um, my ass into school, study hard, and it try to get myself some sort of office job or something. Because being on my feet the entire day was not going to be something I could do for the rest of my life. I couldn't do it. But I enjoyed it. At the time, my life met some great people. But I just realized that a lot of people do not know that my first, first job was working in the stationary aisle at Macro. If you were in Macro, December of 2012, and you looked around and looked in the stationary aisle, you would have seen a lanky, tall, skinny motherfucker walking around, fixing shit, and trying to help people, and going up and down like ladders, which are like shit high, and I'm not a fan of heights, which is ironic because I am tall. But yeah, I had I had a time. So with that being said, I learned the first lesson or I had the first taste of what most people would call black tax, which is today's topic because I really want us to talk black tax. I think it's something that in our generation, it's become much more of a questionable act than it was the just the previous generation, you know, and going back, dating back to like the 80s and 70s because that's what, it's just always been that way. And I just want to have a bit of a chat about that um, and just give you my perspective on it and hopefully help you rationalize it because I know a lot of the people who listen to my show are, still in varsity and you're going to get into corporate or you're going to get into whatever space you want to get into and you're going to start making money and those are the type of thoughts you're going to want to have like 
do I want to give back? Is it something I have to do? Am I obliged to do it, you know? Or should I judge other people for doing it? Which obviously, we all know the Bible says thou shalt not judge, but we normally still do, you know? So I'm going to have a conversation about that. And then obviously, we'll talk some, some new music and hopefully I'll plug you onto something. We'll see. So when it comes to black tax, I think... Um, okay, let me first try and define it In my opinion And I repeat A lot of the things I'm going to say tonight Or today, if you're listening in the daytime It is purely my opinion If you agree with me, then great If you don't, howdy You know, but it's just how I see it So hopefully, lend an open ear And, you know, be open to Understanding where I'm coming from because we all have different backgrounds, we all grew up differently. So this whole topic is not I will never have a general answer. It's not it's not a yes or no topic. It's usually actually a what are you used to and how have you been raised and all of that and what you want and what satisfies you sort of thing. So let me try and define it first. For me, I look at black text as Basically, the act of returning or giving back to home when you start accumulating your own finances. So, the general way of this happening is that you go through life, you're born, you go to school, parents pay for school, parents pay for your extra bureaus, they pay for you going out with your mates, they pay for your clothes, they basically pay for your whole life. And then you get to varsity, they pay for that, they buy, buy, buy your car, all of these things happen. Then you get to a point where you start earning money and there's a transition for most where you no longer get anything from them, number one. So you then become independent and you're no longer dependent on their salary and their money. And then from there, usually the next step, which is where I think the term black tax is used most is when you then start taking care of them it can it varies on an extreme levels it can literally be you buying your parents how i see it you buying your parents airtime or buying them chocolate or skincare products all the way to you buying groceries for the house you giving them a set stipend for every month so you tell yourself um okay i'll, I'll give up a, ram, a random figure you give up two thousand rand a month you send it home every single month that's from your salary from the money you make every single month they know to expect 2k from you or you buy electricity for the month and you handle that so that's usually where the black tax thing varies from you know and i've come to see and come to note that a lot of people find it uncomfortable when we start doing this thing of making it sound like something that's expected now i'm definitely in agreement of the position where we we should never be held liable for being put into this world so you paying or giving back to home the pure premise of it should never be because your parents took care of you growing up because 
I mean, at the end of the day, as crazy as it may sound, it is their job to take care of you. They bring you to this world, they raise you, they take you to school. They, it, it's the natural progression of life. At no point should a child have to fend for themselves. At, at no point was that the case. I mean, if, even if you look at our cave days when there was no money or exchange for money, that kids, you'd literally grow up, you'd be... Your dad would go hunting, your mom, and this is, as I said, this is archaic days, this is way before us understanding and growing to understand gender roles do not have to be that specific, but there was times where the dad goes out, he goes hunting, does that, mom takes care of the house, um, and they have kids, the kids are always there at home, and they play, and they learn, as they grow, if it's the dad, the dad teaches the kid to grow and to fend for himself and to hunt the mother teaches the, 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 the daughters how to the point i'm trying to make is that even from that time kids grew up being taught by their parents at no point were kids forced to fend for themselves until they got to an age or a stage where they were able to do it for themselves and then at that stage they would take care of home up until they build their own families and then they move and start their own families you understand so if you look at it in that raw definition and there's a reason why i'm doing that is to give it the most simplistic view of it that just because technology has come about now and everything at the end of the day your parents take care of you until you've grown enough to take care of them for that short time and then you move on and start your own life now i understand that and I think it's how we, our parents, as time went on, how they learned to live, which is why in the 70s, 80s, 90s, even, I think even early 2000s, you'd find that you were raised in a house. And with us, the the black element of it is that our parents weren't raised, a lot of our parents were raised in very poor communities, um, sometimes poverty-stricken, sometimes they just couldn't afford to um, live this life and they just had to put their kids through school, whatever means necessary, so that they could be old enough to actually contribute to the house. And at that time, it wasn't looked at as black tax. It was looked at as a means to an end. So I take you to school so that you can grow up and help contribute to this household because we literally cannot afford to live with the way things are going on. And I know this because my personal, with my family at a stage back then, there was that type of system where um, they had to grow up and they had to literally finish school in grade 10. Like you couldn't go all the way to matric. Like had to go grade 10, that was it. Like go get a job, dude, so you can help out at home. And if I talk to my mom and ask her, for example, Dude, in your time, was it looked at as black tax? Which I've had these conversations. And when they look at it, it was never that. For them, it was, I see the conditions of the house at the time. And I can see that my family and my parents can't take care of me any further than this this age that I'm in and this year of school that I'm in because I just need to get a job so I can help them. At no point was it fair, but it was just how things were. And I think for me, as we grew older and we started getting now degrees and, you know, even the previous generation before us, they started getting degrees. They started 
doing a bit better and it became less of a dire constraints sort of thing yes as i said it's a wide conversation there were definitely people who grew up with that same sort of storyline where like i know even with people my age you know who are in the mid 20s and they have to take care of home because they were probably taken to varsity you know with the bare minimum left and they were just like our parents were just like dude I just need you to graduate so like I need you to do better than we did so that you can have a better life than us but also take care of home and that's why I'm saying that it's such a, a delicate subject and as much as I don't want to spend hours on it it's literally one of those subjects where I'd probably have to speak for like three hours but I won't but I'd probably have to speak for like three hours to dissect every single person's aspect of this and the only thing that I'm really trying to paint right now is that, and if you've listened to probably the last 10, 20 minutes, I don't know, probably 15, all I'm trying to paint to you is that growing up, you went from, as in growing up as the human generation, especially, and I'm going to focus on black people, went from, we're in Africa, you were raised to learn the trade, tools of the trade, you learn the tools of the trade, you give back to the community, start your own family. Like, it was just a quid pro quo. Like, that's how you raise. Like, you grow up, you learn. From learning, you regurgitate that, teach the next generation. They, then we started getting westernized and the European standards came and we started working at actual jobs now, mining, all of that stuff. And you earn money, you earn money to give what? give back to home because there are people for example in the eastern cape maybe in your family that are not doing as well as maybe you're doing now in the kimberleys in wherever you are working so you'd have to come back and help the family and the point of this is why i'm reiterating it at that point it was never looked at as black tax it's looked at as taking care of home because you have to like if you don't then who will then we started coming through as now the later generation and the generations maybe two or three behind me and that was the generation where i feel like the term itself even started becoming a term that people would then mention because it was like yo i grow up i go to varsity or i go to high school even i get a job but as soon as i get this job i know that i have to take care of home for an indefinite period of time too and before I, I, and that's what I'm saying, I haven't even like touched on whether or not it's something that is right or wrong. I just wanted you guys to understand the crux of it, you know. Like, it's it's really, it's one of those subjects where I can't just half-ass. I really need everyone to understand. I know this might sound like a lesson, but hey, sometimes we learn on the show. Sometimes we gotta learn on the show. Now, let's get to the more current and more i don't want to say interesting but more the part that you will understand and why i was actually having this convo is that with the later generations it then started posing the question of why do i have to do this because then environments changed and family backgrounds started widening and none of us like a lot of us started having very different backgrounds and there would be families where because they were raising you in a certain way they're expecting 
a certain return on their investment, I guess, if I can put it in those words. And you'd have families who would decide that their return on investment is you being able to fend for yourself in this world, take care of your own finances and not have to ask them for anything. And you'd obviously get those families where they just didn't care because the family is just making that much, you know. So there was always just levels on levels. And as I said, then there's the, 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 the worst level that, you know, you'd want to be on, which is where you study and you finish, but then your family just, they're not doing well financially and you have to take care of home. Like, it's it wasn't even a, an investment sort of thing. It was just like, we need you to do better than anyone else in the family so that you can live a life that can afford us to improve maybe renovate the house maybe you know like there's those levels and that's the thing even black tax in itself that's what i explained to you there are people who have had to as i said i know friends who've had to renovate kitchens who've had to renovate um whole flipping front yards and they've had to take out loans they've had to buy the first car in the house because there's never been a car in the house they've had to contribute monthly to groceries to electricity to you know maybe the younger child in the house no one can afford to take maybe their younger sibling to a better school than a public free school so that they bear that grant and they have to stop it so that's what i'm saying like that tax is not a very straight and narrow conversation it's a very open-ended one and that's why i'm having this conversation so that you can look at your situation and ask yourself where do i stand and where am i in this pool because it's a dangerous game to look at what the streets are saying about black tax when i say the streets i mean sometimes you know you'll go on twitter and you'll see a a very warped view of things like this where it's like you see it that way because your environment is completely different and what you're not understanding is that not everyone is in the same position as you and for me looking at everything i just explained to you ask yourself where your family is and where you'd like your family to be now i do not condone situations where it is on an abusive level. I've seen and heard of levels where your family expects so much from you and so much from your salary that you can never ever improve. You can never do anything because you spend the vast majority of your salary just trying to keep the house afloat. And I don't mean this in a way where your mother or father or siblings are incapable of working that is a different story i mean when you can just feel that because you're the one that succeeded you should be giving out more you should be doing more you should be doing that's the part where i'm never happy with regardless of the situation it's the one time where i'm just like that can never be fair can never be fair to look at someone and think because the rest of the house is earning x amount and you've just tripled everyone else's salary you've at the end of the day you worked your ass off to get to where you are so you should be allowed to reap those benefits and for me when i look at a situation like again a black tax 
I, how I've always wanted it to be and I've hoped it would be is that, as I said, you look at your situation at home and you try your best to make it a better place for everyone without it getting to a point where it kills your future, your plans and your life, especially for an indefinite period. It, it's another thing if two years of your life you just tell yourself, you know what, I'm just going to help out at home until I turn 25, until I turn 30, whatever. And from there, I'm going to focus on me. I'll do whatever I can to help out with the family. But at some stage, it has to end. And generally, that's how I think a lot of them work. And you'll never really stop, I think, if your family is not well off, you'll never stop helping. I I don't think you ever get to a stage where you're done. It just gets to a stage where you start doing it out of your heart and not out of necessity. And that for me is what's most important. That for me means more than anything. Like you start doing things because your heart says yes. You earn so much that you like, not even because you earn so much, but you get to a point you're like, my mom has struggled so hard or my dad has struggled so much having to take a taxi every day, having to go to the taxi rank all the time. Let me get them a second-hand car because I can't afford a brand new one. Get them a nice 60,000, 70,000 rand car. Yo, walk into the house. Hey, guys, you know, I've saved up X amount. Here's a car. That At that point, it's, I don't look at it as black tax anymore. It's just you giving back to a family that you love. Mm-hmm. You know, for me... The whole notion behind it is look at it as, I don't even want to say a means to an end, but I repeat what I said earlier that if you look at a situation and you know what kind of, everyone knows the family situation. I think I'm, I'm old enough now and I've spoken to enough people. Yes, there are those one or two people that are very secretive families financially, but generally you know your situation at home. You know, it's the same thing we always say to people when they rock and they go out. And as much as me personally, I don't give a, a, a flying fuck what you do with your money when you go out. But guys, don't sacrifice home for being the life of the party. If you got to take care of home, take care of home. It's it's just something that I, I promise you, it, you feel better knowing that home is a better and softer place because of you. Rather than telling yourself, nah, why must I do that? Like, I must go drink. And be like, yeah, it's not nice not being able to buy alcohol for your mates and whatnot. And not being able to buy new clothes. But as I said, look at your situation at home. Help. Do what you got to do. And from there, you can then live your best life. You know, I truly and honestly hope for everyone that... No one is stuck in a position where they have to give back to home for the next 30 years of their life. It's I don't look at it as a nice situation to be in. Like, I'll, I'll talk about me for like two seconds. I love giving back to home. But I'm lucky because I'm in a household where no one expects anything from me. So if I had decided that I won't give back, no one would have batted an eye, you know. But for me, I just wanted to follow through with the family 
I don't even want to say family tradition, but just the stories that my mom would tell me about how what she did for my gran and how she took a worse off situation and made it better. I just always got attached to that story and I wanted to do that for my household and make sure that they live a softer life because of me than they've ever known. And that's how I always look at life is that I just want my family to be good. You know, I never want to be in a position where we're starving at home, which obviously is me exaggerating, but my family can never starve at home while I'm out and about bowling out, you know, being two and three. It doesn't make sense to me. So that's why I look at it the way I look at it. But I also understand situations differ. But for me, I think just to not spend... Again, I said I don't want to talk about this for an hour because it's just going to... I'm just going to start elaborating on certain and certain points, which I don't really want to do. I just want everyone to understand that um, our situations are all different. They're all different. And you, as a person should always want what's best for yourself. It's very important. Always look at that. But number two, as I said, and I've said it like three or four times, look at your situation. Sit down with your family. You get to an age where I think it's important, especially if you're going to start contributing like that, sit down and discuss how it's going to work, what home would need. And that's what I'm saying. Depending on the varying levels of what home is like for you, you you'll understand and you'll grasp that maybe your mom just wants as i said like maybe she just wants you to redo the kitchen like not because you, she needs you to but she's just like i don't like the kitchen and my child is working now and she just wants to boast that my child redid our kitchen with the money that you know they've now worked and worked hard for or you bought a new tv for the house like so i'm saying it's not always these stories of every month you've got to take out 10k and 5k and it's not for everyone like that's the stories that not everyone tells is that a lot of those situations happen because that extra 3k is buying groceries that extra 3k is now affording one of your younger siblings the ability to go to school and go to a better school than you went to in order for you to get there to make the path easier for them you know and that's my chat. Like, I know that, for example, with me, as I said, I'll shed some light about me. With me, the only thing it's really about is just making this world a softer place for my family. It's not anything about, you know, dire constraints or situations being tough. It's just like, yo, I just want to make it a softer place, you know? So I can, can say I've got black tax, but it's not really taxing. You know, in itself, the term, it's not taxing on me. I feel good when I do it. Like, my heart smiles. I'm like, yo, hold something, you know? And that's why I'm saying, obviously, it's tough because people's relationships with their families are different. People have backgrounds that aren't the same as everyone else's. Like, you might be working hard to get out of home and escape everything and it's hard to sit down and blame someone because maybe they just didn't grow up in a nice environment. Maybe fights were happening. Maybe, you know, and I don't want to trigger anyone, but just, you know what I mean? Like things at home just might not have been that nice. And you just want to make enough money to get your own apartment. You might not even be making bank, but you're just like, I just need to leave the house, dude. 
Like, I'll figure out how to survive, but I can't live there anymore. And in a situation like that, I can't blame you, you know? Do what you got to do and handle what you need to handle in order to get out the house. But I mean in situations where you can have these conversations and you want to help or you see yourself wanting to help, but you just don't know how, sit down, ask yourself, look around and think, okay, this is what I feel I'm ready to do. This is what I feel I'm comfortable doing. This is what I feel I'm happy doing. And then take it from there. And you'll see, and you'll have a much better experience with it. And you'll be able to then show other people also around you and explain to them that, look, it doesn't have to be a nightmare, but it has to be spoken about and it has to be discussed. And we do need to understand that as black people, naturally, a lot of us, yes, there are those who are privileged, but a lot of us aren't that privileged. And our families, we might have to be that generation still that helps out. And it's not an easy thing, but it just has to happen. And that's why sometimes the words like black tax make it sound so derogatory and such a bad thing. But as I explained it, if you just look at it as you're just trying to make the world a bit better for your family and that's it. If you can get that and you can have that arrangement and that agreement with your family, then it's something that can be done. And if you can't reach that agreement, then it should still be a conversation that can be had and you're not hated at home because you sat down and you explained your position and you explained how you see it and how you want life to be for them and for you. And maybe you have your own goals. Maybe you have your five-year plan for your finances and you just need to get through that. And the point that I'm just trying to make, and if you forget anything else I said, just remember, look at your own position. Look at your own life. Look at your own family. Look at your own future. Don't look around because that's what's going to fuck you up. And confuse you. Now with all of that out the way. Let's talk music. And in this week's episode. I really want to just chop about. Quickly quickly. Just this year. I feel like this year has had. Some really really dope music. I just think. A lot of people have felt flooded by the influx. Because two things have happened. Because of lockdown. A lot of artists aren't going on tours. And they're not as active as they normally are. And this is going to be my prior knowledge for this week, actually. So get your knowledge right. Prior knowledge. Things you didn't realize you need to know till I told you about them. Prior knowledge. So this week, I'm really just trying to break down and make people understand how the music for this year should be consumed. And I think it's the smartest thing to do. Which, as I said... Artists have not been going on tour. Um, there hasn't been a lot of movement. So they've had time to sit in studio. They've had time to craft these albums. And what had happened was there was a switch. Because you need to understand, right, that the music industry, dropping an album is not just dropping an album. An, an album has a rollout. So there's pre-marketing. Then there's obviously the marketing of the actual album. Then there's the album sales and then there's a tour for the album. That is for a top level artist. It's about a nine months to a year of, you know, 
your life that you dedicate to that one album you might see drake for example drop an album in march drake goes on tour until september october november with the same album you know might take along a few artists so what had happened was that this year they took away that so now there was a switch that had to happen because artists first started postponing if you remember the beginning of lockdown artists started postponing their album drops because of that because they knew that if i drop my album now i'm going to lose the momentum that i was going to roll into tour with and you need to understand that that's where the artists make the majority of their money majority of an artist's money comes from them going on tour and reaping those incomes and those you know streams because your downloads and your radio plays and they do bring in something but it's nothing compared to what they are earning you know going on these tours and everything and now to take away that has record labels has independent us all asking themselves what's the point but eventually they didn't realize that you know what we still need to give up music because there's now a huge like a much bigger market of people that are waiting for music because now we're sitting at home ready to consume music and then that switch started and people actually started providing us with music and it was it beautiful because it was the most entertaining part of lockdown when artists just realized that you know what let's actually drop music and we would get album on album and i feel like we still do on a weekly basis and it's artists that were getting bigger and bigger and for me i think what it started happening which is now the biggest problem that we face is that artists gave us really long projects artists were now giving us 20 song projects 15 minimum 18 which is consumable but it's not easily consumable you know for you to get an album that has 25 songs and you got to sift through 25 songs and figure out which one is which and a lot of people just ended up not listening to a lot of the music so how i have tried to make it work is firstly as someone who provides playlists for people i've tried my best to constantly keep myself updated so i when i talk about this i'm not saying do it the way i do it because mine is just it's retarded because i have to listen to all these projects and find and sift through but for me it's a joyous thing to do because i make it easier for you because as much as i know that you can't listen to a full album for you to be able to listen to a playlist that has three or four new songs that are in new albums might give you the impetus for that moment for you to be like you know what i'm actually going to listen to a given today like let me actually bump this album or okay he gave me one song from Ty Dolla Sign i actually want to go listen to that or that Tiana Taylor and that's why i do it the way i do it but if you don't follow my way and you don't go through these playlists and pick from there and then go to albums the only other way that i'd see it in is as i said pick well pick a genre for a day and instead of going to the songs that you know and you've been listening to try to find a new album because i there is that much music out that there's most likely a new album that you haven't listened to yet and you're not alone there's so many people who still haven't had time and ignore and i know it's hard but 
try not to get sucked into the every week new drops more look at spend more time looking at okay which ones have been and sifted through like that first look at the ones that have been on high rotation and the ones that you you're seeing around you around your peers around the people on your apple music on your spotify on twitter on instagram and take your time through those then you sift through the ones that aren't listened to as much and i promise you you'll get through these songs so if you can do that for me i promise you you'll realize that a lot of good music has dropped this year it's just that it's been so much music and no one expected it that we only hear 10% of the songs that have actually released and music videos okay now they're coming up strong but even music videos weren't dropping so you don't even have a single to work with and be like okay that's the song i need to focus on so just that was like my just my two cents on how to just try and di- dissect and try to just work through all of this music we're getting on a weekly basis and it's just so much but this week i'm just going to run through um the albums that i've dropped and just albums that i think you should listen to um one way more than anything i'm i'm telling you guys about this one because one of our local artists is in there i've had an episode where i've spoken in detail about moonchild sanelli and i told you guys that she is an international act and she's adored internationally so we might not all be the biggest fan of her actual music i think a lot of us love her personality because she's just so carefree but musically i think some people don't really get along with her music and she found herself through hard work obviously on the gorillas album and if you know the gorillas they've been around very very big group always with the cartoons in their videos people hardly ever know who the real people are and moonshine sonelli is on that album and for me i'm just super proud because for you to land on a an album which has Elton John, an album which has Schoolboy Q, it's not a small feat, you know? It's not a small feat, and I'm proud of her. And I just want us to, if we're going to be South Africans about this, let's actually go and listen to that song. So go on the Gorillaz album, bump the song, you know, and support, man. Show her some love, and just show her that as South Africans, we're there, you know? The name of the album is called Song Machine Season 1, Strange Times Deluxe. So yeah, just look for the song featuring uh, Moonchild and give it a listen. Next album. Uh, let's go for Xavier Omar. Xavier Omar dropped If You Feel. And if you know me and you know my playlist, Xavier Omar is all over my playlist. I love this dude. He's the guy that gave us Deep End, Blind Man, you know, like songs where you just like... Oh, Dog, if you if you're trying to charm someone, just just play some Xavier Omar to the 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 I won't let you down. You can depend on me. You can de oh my god. In the deep oh my god. But yeah, he dropped a new album, songs featuring Masejo. Like it's just oh, my favorite song is Find Me, which is track one. But the whole album's amazing. Um definitely the R and B vibe, good slow music, you know, it's just it's my type of shit, man. Toby dropped um, an album called Elements Volume 1. He's more of like a, a hip-hop, but like alternative hip-hop. Not that boom-bap or anything trappy. Just, it's so hard to explain Toby's music, but it's definitely worth a listen. 
I've I've been a fan and he's he's definitely kept up with that and give it some time, listen to it, you'll definitely enjoy it. Like trust me, you'll enjoy it. Then locally, Umanana dropped in the beginning was the end an album and Umanana is for me one of the most amazing singers in South Africa. R and B, just so beautiful. The only feature that I saw on the album was Roline, who's obviously, you know, we all know her from How Did I with Nasty C. Uh but yeah, great song, great album. I I just there's really there's just local artists where I'm just like I should I don't even wanna go into detail and I'd be like, like please just go listen. My favorite song on that one is definitely Euphoria. Um, but yeah, definitely give that a listen. Another local one that dropped is Oscar Mbo House. It's a house house album. He's Oscar. I feel like he's very much known for being amongst the elite. You know the black coffees. He always has very elite company around him. Um, he has songs the Cubs that is small. Marcus Harvey. The song with Marcus Harvey is already my favorite song. It's another one that's actually track one. I don't know. These albums are starting strong these days. Uh, it's called I Need You. Uh, the album's name is for the Groovist, but that song featuring Marcus Harvey's I Need You. So, yeah, give that a listen. Oscambo for the Groovist. And finally, the album I'm going to talk about, obviously, is The Boy Ty Dollar Sign, dropped um, featuring Ty Dollar Sign. This is the name of the album. And I'm happy. I put it that way. I'm happy. I always knew that he's capable of giving a solid project. He's given us 25 songs. It's an hour-long album. Literally, exactly one hour long. Um, it's featuring everyone. Kid Cudi, Post Malone, Kanye West, Quavo, Lil Durk, Nicki, Big Sean, Roddy Rich, Kanye. You can hear where I'm going with this. Music Soul Child, Future, Young Thug, Gunna, yeah. Literally, it's 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 one of those superstar take. So definitely, if you have time, sit down with that one. It's a lot of lot of good songs. And actually, I forgot one more. Um, the boy Chad to Don dropped. Uh, Dreams don't sleep. Featured a lot of actually not even a lot, but like some dope artists. He's got uh MT song with MT called Keep It Together. I enjoyed that song. Got a song with Youngster, two songs with Youngster. There's another one with Youngster and EJ. If you're familiar with Cape Town hip hop scene, EJ's is a homie that's been around for a good minute. You know, it's good to have him back in the industry. Um, songs with Lockenville, you know. So definitely another one that's worth a listen. And yeah, like I think for this week, that's where I want to wrap up our music update. I feel like I gave you guys quite a bit in terms of the knowledge behind music so i don't want to spend too much time on the actual drops but that's our week in music and this week i close off the show by giving you guys a plug for the week which is not even a plug just a piece of advice do not use the option for voice notes on Twitter if I was Tembanga. Twitter streets are dark, baby. And Twitter streets are dark. 
you will get your ass handed to you. Yo, my God. I know I launched you guys. I'm sorry. But I needed to hear some of your voices. You guys hear me speak every fucking week. I wanted to hear some voices. But yes, the response is never clean. It's never cute. And just to close off the show, like, when you're interested in someone, when you like someone, make sure you give them a bear hug.